Do we say action on a movie podcast? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Hello, listeners, and welcome to the first episode of the Trouble Feature Podcast. Aaron and Siobhan here. What we're going to do is talk about movies because that's what we love most. And to start us off, I thought it'd be great if myself and Siobhan, we can kind of share why we love movies and kind of what part they play in our lives now. So again, my name's Aaron Weeks. I'm a film school dropout, as I like to say. My mom still likes to remind people, um, specifically random people in public that she meets that her son went to film school and never finished. So with that being said, I take everything I learned, I take all that passion I experienced, and I live it today just by watching movies with myself and my friends. And what I always say about movies is they don't have to be good or bad. They just have to offer an experience. And that's why I wanted to do this podcast with Siobhan here is so we can talk about those experiences that we share as we watch cinema, film, and movies together. So I'm going to pass it over to Siobhan real quick, and she's just going to tell a little bit about herself. All right. Hi, I'm Siobhan. Um, I... My first experience with movies, or I guess the reason I'm so into movies right now, um, just in general, I think I always loved movies growing up. I am a film major now, um, so no real actual credibility yet, but I do watch them. Um, so yeah, definitely growing up, the uh, I you know owning little DVDs at home and having the most of like interesting part of them just being the bonus features where you could see the behind the scenes of whatever little Barbie movie or, you know, whatever it was I was into at the time. Um, and then, you know, growing up and, and finding movies like the Virgin suicide specifically, I remember was one that really got me thinking, wow, movies are pretty damn cool. Um, so yeah, so I love talking about movies with Aaron. We have our own little film club and we sit around and talk about them so damn much. We, decided to hop on the track. So, so yeah, I'm really excited to get into it. I watch movies all the time. I'd love to make a movie or a career out of movies, a movie one day, but you know, we'll see. I'm excited to get started. I think the common denominator on what we're both saying is we just love to watch movies. I think if you <laughs> love watching movies too, you're in the right place. You're in the right space. You came to the right spot. And that's right. You came to the right spot. Um, Siobhan mentioned a movie that she really loved that kind of got her to, to film. I'm going to name one that I watched the other day that I know in my childhood really impacted me. And that was the movie Gladiator. And again, it it's an exceptional movie. It's not part of the film bro canon. However, what it reminded me most about is like you can just really tell a strong narrative and that moves you. And again, that goes back to experience. So Siobhan and I, we shared a little bit about herself, but I want to share a little bit about this show. On Trouble Feature, we're always going to probably do one of these things, which is talk about a movie, talk about a director, or talk about something going on in the film sphere. On most episodes, we're probably going to pick a double feature because that's what I love to do most, is really just talk about two movies that impacted me. So in today's episode, we have those two movies. And those movies are American Psycho and A Propsing Young Woman. So I'll kind of start with, again the premise of what we're doing, and I'll throw it over to Siobhan to give some insight. So really, we just want to talk about both these films themselves. And then like, we want to pull those strings of connection together. If they exist, maybe they don't. I think what's great about movies is they speak to each other. Not only do they speak to the audience, directors speak to other directors, shots speak to other shots, um, actors speak to other actors, right? 
we're copying, we're emulating, we're trying to level up, improve in this cocktail of movies. That's what we're doing for everyone. So again, I'll start with American Psycho. Very interesting film. And you're hearing my baby in the background probably. So that's also going to be part of the show as well. Great. She has insight. Okay. Yeah. Our, our baby has insight on movies. We'll bring her on someday soon. <laughs> so I think American Psycho and Promising Young Women are, are really two great sides of the same coin almost. And you have these very character-driven stories. Mm-hmm. You, it's these kind of almost horror stories with comedy sprinkled about. And again, you, you have two protagonists um, who really go to some extremes. So I thought they'd be a great double feature to kind of talk about and break about and deconstruct. I'll just throw it to Siobhan just to kind of give just initial insights. And we'll see where this conversation goes. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so I think just the concept of trouble feature in general, I, or just a double feature, something that I feel like we find ourselves doing often is watching a movie and then something in that movie sparks the idea like this reminded me of this i should go watch this movie they don't really genuinely have anything to do with each other except maybe like a similar actor that we love and you're in the mood for another one of the actor's movies but just to speak to that they they do speak to each other because they exist all i don't know Without so many movies, so many other things wouldn't have come from it. Um, and I think that's true of like American Psycho in general um, and Promising Young Woman. These don't really have anything super related to each other um, other than they're both female directed, um, which we love, which gives a whole different type of perspective on each of you know the stories and the way that they're told. Um, but it is interesting watching American Psycho, you get this antagonist or I guess anti-hero who is just straight up from what we know just a bad dude um, and one of my favorite fun facts about this is Christian Bale's portrayal specifically of um, Patrick Bateman in this movie was specifically inspired by the actions and behaviors of Tom Cruise which is just one of my favorite little tidbits um, but just that weird like suave serial killer real like psychopathic uh, charism, like charisma that they were trying to portray of this te- like a stereotype of person, like a, a bro on Wall Street. I don't know how else to really describe it, but um, or a finance bro, if you will. And uh, I guess just how he uses his, I guess, or slips through the cracks, uh, doing all these crazy things from what we perceive, like actually murdering women, um, just because he can get away with it. Um, whereas on the other hand, promising a woman, um, is about a woman using the power that she has to just, you know, seek revenge on the people who did her wrong or, or the men who she feels deserve it. Um, obviously, uh, in promising young woman, she doesn't, uh, what's her name? Cassandra. Yeah. Okay. Um, from what we know, doesn't murder anybody and she ends up becoming falling victim which is hilarious because that's something that doesn't have to practice at all. But it is interesting to see, you know, that type of um, horror comedy, social commentary, serial killer. I think you really lay the threads out for us and some I wanted to connect that were interesting that I was reminded about as you were deconstructing it, Siobhan is um, one. Yeah, it is obvious they're both films directed by women, which I think is important. I think 
to the other obvious thing is like they're both anti-hero films and they're the take on the anti-hero narrative. And I think the one less obvious thing, but both do such an exceptional job that is really speaking to pop culture of the time. And with American Psycho, again, it's really this analysis of consumerism and capitalism and kind of how this character interacts in that world. And then where a promising young woman, again, in a very similar vein is about that other pop culture narrative that's unfortunate and kind of sad and kind of terrifying, right? That growing up in a woman in this world right now and no one believing you with um, all this technology and all this social media and all those things, again, you also have to exercise your power. And I think power was a good word that you used to explain both characters. And they're both films exploring this idea of power and agency and how far you can take it. And as in a viewer, how do you how do you feel about those characters? I'm sure if we polled an audience, people would view, view Patrick Bateman as favorable, even though he's very evil and he's doing these very exercising his power in a very evil way. And Cassandra and Promising Young Woman, and there's probably spoilers on this show, should have said this at the top, is also exercising her power and control um, throughout the narrative. But again, all these gender norms, all this gender narrative, like we probably view her in a bad light if I, if I pulled a bunch of individuals. Um, do you have any thoughts on that, um, Siobhan, or is that interesting to you? Yeah, absolutely. I think it is. it speaks a lot to how each of these characters end up you know like if we're just talking about story cassandra tries to use her like spitefulness uh which ends up being her fatal flaw in the end like to work against you know or what she for what she thinks is a good cause whereas on the other hand patrick bateman which i mean are admirable traits which i think are admirable traits as a young woman living in this like you know world in general but um how many men, young men do you know, or I mean, I can't think that I know personally that don't quite get what is trying to be portrayed in the character of Patrick Bateman um, and admire his traits and actually see him as like just this cool guy that we can like admire or aspire to be, despite the fact that he's actually murdering women and just men and people who he feels are less there lesser than him in general but um but it is interesting to see how these characters play out like cassandra's role um doing what she thinks is best or just seeking her revenge ultimately leading to her you know to complete demise in general and then patrick bateman he actually literally commits terrible horrible crimes and what happens to him like of course the whole thing is we don't really know but he's not even taken seriously he actually confesses to murders and quite literally nothing happens and nobody takes him seriously um of course that's kind of the whole point we don't know what's the truth but but it is really interesting it's interesting to see okay that's a fun parallel that i want to linger on is patrick bateman does admit to his acts within the film right no one believes him Whereas Cassandra is admitting to this this deeply disturbing thing that happens and no one believes her. Right. That's a, such a weird polar opposite to talk about and again, how men and women are viewed in these films. Mm-hmm. Something else I did want to discuss for a couple of minutes is the soundtrack is very important for these films. So I think maybe what's a little more interesting to deconstruct is um, the costume design and, mm-hmm. and why is that important? I think in American Psycho, it, 
it's very important what characters are wearing what, and that really shows kind of how Patrick Bateman sees the world and his place within it. I think with Cassandra and a promising young woman, she's very intentionally wearing, um, wearing different outfits and costumes throughout the movie because that's how the world views her. So I think that's a like a great way to view the two threads there between the two movies um, in a different way. Just any ideas about the costumes or anywhere you want to take these other two movies, Sean? Yeah, no, I think that's a great point. Um, I One thing that really stuck out to me, even um, just like upon viewing Promising Young Woman multiple times, is uh, what she wears in each different scene. She has literally a different costume that she puts on to lure these different types of men that she's, you know, targeting for that night to bring her back. And then um, just in general, like she might be wearing, she's wearing like a Madonna-inspired fit one night. Um, most of the time she ends up wearing something that makes her literally look like a little girl, like something that makes her look innocent, makes her look that she like she can be trusted, um, which is just disturbing in general, but she knows what she's doing and she knows like how she can manipulate these people and luring them into, you know, like getting, seeking her, you know, revenge and satisfaction that that's very interesting to me. And also on top of that, Cassandra, just in her normal life, um, she's often seen, I think, in the movie wearing a lot of blue, which I think is, you know, either like, you know, uh, motif or represents some type of like innocence. Maybe there's some type of Virgin Mary type of symbolism there in that. Um, but I, I do think that it's interesting, you know, that it is, it remains consistent throughout the film. Uh, the just what she puts herself in up until the very end when she was wearing that like nurse outfit with like the rainbow wig. Um, it's very, all very pers- purposeful, I think. But in the, uh, you know, Patrick Bateman's story, he's just wearing suits, like suits the whole time. So I don't know. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think in both movies, the costumes are very purposeful. And I think with, again, American Psycho, um, and what type of suit do you have on? That's really going right. to tell the character status within the frame, mm-hmm. maybe where the person is in the frame. Um, so I think that was what I would pull out there. Um, another interesting tidbit I would speak about with these movies is I think they both just have iconic scenes with like blood. And um, I think with American Psycho, that one is super easy to understand as Patrick Bateman is constantly killing people with yeah. blood and particularly the one where he's running down the hall mm-hmm. um, with an ax. Um, I think in A Promising Young Woman, it's more of a fantasy scene where she's actually just eating a burger and like covering herself with yeah, blood. Like the donut but, or something. Yeah, I love how that makes you feel as a viewer and how you view the character of Cassandra or what's the movie, how that's gonna unfold. It really sets the scene of wow, there there may be damage here. There there may be horror here. Mm-hmm. Um like what am I about to watch? Just any thoughts on that, Shvan? No, yeah, for sure. It's like so iconic that picture of like the blood splattered on Christian Bale and like he's wearing that weird little poncho over his suit. Um iconic first of all and even just like when the blood splatters when he drops the chainsaw on that girl like it's all very it's purposeful there's he's literally slashing people and that's you know all coming back on him but um or even the bloodstained sheets scene he takes his like sheets to the wash and he's trying to tell him that he had like an accident but i mean it's clearly blood but whereas in promising a woman like yeah you don't know it's at the very beginning of the movie. You don't know what she's getting into or like what she did to this man or what she does to these men. But I don't remember any blood coming up in any of the rest of the movie. Okay. I, I, but it's kind of iconic. 
Yeah, I think that's the only scene within the promising young woman with the blood. Um, again, I love how they're both movies that bend the genres as uh, far as um, is this horror, is this drama, is this comedy, is this meta? It, they're both very interesting. One final thought on both movies is I think they're both characters that live in a world where all the external characters view them as having fantasies, right? So everyone views Patrick Bateman as he's just living this fantasy. I think everyone views Cassandra as she's living this fantasy as well. I just find that kind of fascinating because you as the viewer too, like you have to really decide like what is real, what is not real, what is the character feeling, what is the character not feeling. It really dwells into that process um, that you get to be a part of as you watch the movies. Just any final thoughts on both these double features here? No, I definitely think that speaks to a lot of the movie in general, just that point that you were just making about how um, the perspective of American Psycho is how Patrick views the world. Despite the fact that he's a dreamer, he can't really have touch with what's going on around him. Like the first thing that comes to mind is that scene with uh, uh, Willem Dafoe (laughs) that He's interviewing him and you can't exactly, they do this on purpose, but you can't exactly pick out what he knows about the case or not. Um, and what he knows about Patrick Bateman, which is, I think speaks to Patrick's like mind or state of mind. Whereas in Promising Young Woman, you, what you get is mostly like what people think of her, what, you know, all of these window characters in her lives sold the, or serve the purpose to where they are expressing their concern and how they see that she is out of touch a little bit with reality. She's going on her own path. She's doing her own thing because she has this like unrealistic or unattainable or unattainable goal. Um, so yeah, that is interesting. They're both on their own little journey to per se, you know? So I highly encourage listeners watch these films back to back if you can, or within the same week as Siobhan and I did, and maybe you'll gain a new perspective and maybe you can tell us, what you think, the threads you saw, the double feature that you experienced. We would love that here on the Trouble Feature Podcast. For the next couple minutes, we want to talk about things we're probably going to talk a lot about, which is just directors we love, movies we love. And this particular director, I know Siobhan's going to have a lot to say, but we've been watching a lot of Sofia Coppola films. And particularly, I want to have a conversation about Lick the Star. But before I get there, I just want to give Siobhan the floor, talk about Sofia Coppola, give it to us like, what makes her such a great director to you and why do you love watching her films? Okay, so you're going to get me going here, but <laughs> um, so Sofia Coppola, I said this earlier, but the version suicides, I think I probably saw when I was too young. I was probably like 14, 15 years old. And I was the first movie I remember watching really thinking like, okay, movies are cool. Like I like this and not just that, but like, she gets it. And of course, like there's only so much of an opinion that you can have, you know, at that young of an age about how life goes and works. But, but it felt something that she was able to put onto the screen made me feel seen, which I think is one of the most important things, just, I guess, as an artist in general, like that's, you're trying to reach somebody and that's what I think she does very well. Um, But I think there's also something to be said with the fact that I'm you know, 25 now. And I have watched this movie probably a couple times a year, every year since I've seen it. And um, nothing about it has changed except that I've learned and understand, or I've known more, you know, like something new shows up to me every time, which is one of the best things about watching a movie in general. But I think what um, 
Sophia does is just, uh, yeah, I think she speaks well to her audience. What do you think? I think there's just many aspects of her film that I feel so stylistically her. And we know that there's nothing original in film, but the way that she, the juxtaposition of it all, the way she compiles it, the way she puts it out in the world, I can watch a scene and say, oh, that's Sofia Coppola. Mm-hmm. I think that's what great directors do. They have their fingerprints all over the production, all over the film, all over the sound, you name it. And I think that's what makes her great. <laughs> it's like, I know what kind of movie she has. Yeah. Why we were watching Lick the Star, which again is because Siobhan told me to watch it, but most importantly is it captured this idea I've been thinking about recently, which is directors, I believe, have these type of imagery within their head. And as they make movies throughout time, they're trying to test that imagery. They're trying to get the perfect shot. So with Lick the Star, as I saw that, I was like, wow, I really see things in this short film that I've seen in Virgin Suicides, um, that I've seen in other Coppola movies. I think that was so fascinating with me seeing her from the very beginning work on these images that I now know as Sofia Coppola. So I think that was the most fascinating thing to me I want to talk about, but is there anything you want to talk about with Lick the Star? Yeah, no, Lick, Lick the Star is great. I was just introduced to it last year, but it's just a short film. It's I think her first one that she ever made. Um, and you can see so much, um, even just with the Virgin Suicides specifically, um, but even if they're in her other films, there's so much that um, I think that we can assume that Sophia wanted to say or wanted to portray. She has these ideas that she expressed through one you know, film, but then had all of the means and opportunity to put it into something else. And it's insane. Like you can actually see like almost there's some shots that are just completely recreated and put into this new um, story or new narrative, you know, but they still work and they still make sense. And I think that's another thing that's beautiful about specific artists is like taking something like a story, like Jeffrey Eugenides story and making it quite literally her own to where like, that is the language that we know Sophia to speak through or to her audiences through um, her movies. Now Um, I think another thing I, I heard an interview with Jordan Peele one time saying that like, he, after he made Nope, which was his most racist feature, like the only thing that he can think of this whole time is I wish that I had this Nope, you know, budget and Nope knowledge and ability back when I did Get Out because there was so much that he wanted to show. But, you know, like, of course, that sticks with you maybe as an artist and and you want to still get that point across, which I think is exactly what movie, or maybe like with Sophia's movies, you know. I think every director would admit is if I had unlimited budget and unlimited knowledge that I gained throughout time, man, I can make some good movies. Yeah. But I do think it, what is impressive with like the star is this being a short film. And, and one of our first is you really see those elements that I see in your other movies. Yeah. When we talk about specifically, and I think it's important to talk about in the show is like this technique of having the characters within the background become part of that foreground narrative. So and Marie Antoinette and Lick the Star and Virgin Suicides, a lot of the time you have gossip, you have talking, external talking. And that becomes a character within itself in the scene. And like, to me, that's, that's Sofia Coppola. Like, that's a style I've only seen her do. Um, and it's really stuck out to me. And you can see in Lick the Star, her formulating that, um, trying out for the first time. And I think it, it really helps the narrative within that short film. 
just any thoughts on that, Shafan, or just anything else you want to pick out from like the star? No, I, when you pointed that out the other day, I was like, that is absolutely true. Like that, uh, that voyeuristic quality that is put upon, you know, young women or even just any characters in her movies becomes a character of its own. And it, the stories could not, I feel like, be told or understood, portrayed, if not for that weird outside chatter that she's so good at portraying. Um, but just in general, like the star, the soundtrack was super cool. Um, the story itself was super cool. Uh, it was really just, it's very inspiring seeing like what obviously like, um, she, Sophia Coppola has her resources and she has like literally her father's Francis Ford Coppola, but it's interesting to see the growth of like an artist from that comparison. It is. And listeners at this part of the show, I'd love for you to see the growth in us because what we're going to do is continue this format. We're going to do a double feature. We're probably going to talk about a director or current event. We may play some games. We may do some table reads or anything. We just want you to hang out with us and talk about movies. So to wrap up today's show, I do want to give you kind of the next double feature we're going to talk about. Um, And I'll pass the mic to Siobhan just to give us some final thoughts as well. So next time we're going to talk about Roma and I'm already forgetting another film. (laughs) Roma and, um, Francis Ha. Roma and Francis Ha. Yes. That's the next double feature. We were doing a run of black and white films. We watched them both. We think it'd be very fun to break them down. Yes. So, Siobhan, I'll just give you the mic. To get talk. Yes, I'm very excited to keep going with it. Um, like I said, I don't know. This is something that we just do in our own downtime. But um, one thing specifically that uh, Aaron has helped me, encouraged me to realize is that I, I really enjoy screenwriting and maybe something to look forward to in these upcoming episodes, bring it back is some, it would be super fun to do some table reads. Um, so if you want to hear me and Aaron, just act our heart out to, you know, maybe broke Mac mountain, maybe toy story, who knows, uh, please return. I I'm having a lot of fun with this and just talking about movies with y'all. I think that's a yes. You definitely want to hear us act that out. <laughs> oh, yeah. So this will be available on Spotify, YouTube, all the places that you enjoy your podcasts. Again, give us some feedback. That is always helpful. We'll have some guests on this show. We'll take it different places. But at the end of the day, all I want us to do is watch movies and talk movies. So enjoy yourself, listeners. Yes.